Hello and welcome. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. It's the place where I, Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, boldly go where no host has gone before, at least in the field of autism. I take autism awareness one step further, all the way into conclusions, so we can come up with actual answers. And that's why I titled it A New Spin on Autism Answers. Today's show, we're going to have two different spectrum people. We're going to have the great guest giveaway, and I'm not going to give away what that is. (laughs) You have to wait. And of course, as always, at the very end of the show, we wrap it all up with stories from the road. That's what makes me a story teacher host. I thought about it, and I thought, now, how am I going to pick out of all of the people that I know who to have on, you know, my radio show? So what I decided was, since I'm always telling you that I'm an international autism person, that I should have show number one be international. And with that in mind, I'm going to introduce you to someone from Canada and someone from France. And then in the following show, a couple of weeks from now, I'm going to have family because I'm also always telling you about my family. And it seems only right that you should hear um, about my family from them for a change. So I call this show, Are You Normal Now? And what I've done is I've taken the question, are you autistic, to people that are considered autistic, and I've gotten their opinions. So I hope you find that interesting. I found their answers very interesting and wonderful. Uh, and I'm excited to share it with you. Before we get into that, though, I think it's the right show to actually talk about what is autism. I recognize that most of the people listening to my show already know, but sometimes we get lucky and we get to bring a new member into the fold, someone that's just heard how great it is, (laughs) this wonderful new spin on autism answers, and they might not know. So bear with me, but uh, I'm going to explain autism is a developmental disorder. It's a whole brain disorder. And for a person to be labeled autistic, you must hit these three markers. You must have a communication disorder. So you could have a problem where you can't speak at all, or you could just have particular subject matter that you always want to talk about or you always, always, always talk about. You also have to have a problem with social interaction. So again, this is a very big spectrum. It can be everything from totally avoiding human contact, you know, turning your eyes away, not wanting to be touched, trying to be alone all the time, to um, the quirky smart guy in Microsoft, you know, that just sort of sits in his booth and works really hard at the same thing over and over again, which leads me to the third aspect, which is that you have to have a repetitious behavior. In in the case of the guy in Microsoft, it might be useful. (laughs) Maybe he's making the next program. But often it's something as simple in its repetition as uh, flapping hands or running in a circle or those are famous ones for autism. But it can be different. It can be, you know, they like to pick up the coffee jar and slide it across the floor and then pick it up again and slide it across the floor. And if you take the coffee jar away, that's it, life's over. At least that's how that person feels. So autism is quirky and interesting and really fun to be around. But you have to 
sort of approach it with that attitude or it just looks strange and difficult. I personally also think that buried inside of every autistic person I've met is an enormous challenge with sensory integration. I don't believe I've, at this point in my life, met um, an autistic person who doesn't have some aspect of sensory dysfunction. So how that would show up would be possibly the reason they're not making eye contact, for example. Very often, if you have a problem integrating your vision and your auditory system, you have to choose one or the other. You might avoid looking in order to listen. Um, you could also really hate clothes and never want to be dressed. So it's a, it's a very complicated, quirky, awesome, challenging, terrific world uh, to be in working with someone who's autistic or parenting them and welcome to, uh, to that world for the next little bit. The very first gentleman that we are going to talk about, talk to, and by the way, every one of my guests over the next two shows is a gentleman. I didn't get any ladies lined up, so I apologize, but it is a disorder that hits four times as many males as it does females, so it's kind of logical that it turned out that way. So today's first guest is from Canada, Marvelous Matt. I'm very excited to introduce you to him. Uh, when I first met Matt, he was already very, very capable. His family had run a wonderful program with him, but there were things that he just wasn't able to kind of move with and focus, some of the academics, and, but he'd come a long, long way already. So I was blessed. I got referred to them and got to meet Matt and family and introduce them to neurofeedback, and hello, Matt. Well, hey, Lynette. So how's the weather down there in California? perfect as it usually is. What about Calgary? Um, well, it, it's been in the 80s for a few days in Fahrenheit, but but yeah, we're starting to feel the chill of fall now. Ah, well, okay. enjoy your last few Indian summer days then. Do you know what that term means, Indian summer? Um, I think it just means like hot days. Right, later in the season than usual, so we're into September. So if you get if you get lots of extra days, they used to call it an Indian summer. I don't know the origins. Okay, um, so let's talk a little bit about. Well, first of all, let's start. Matt, do you think you're autistic still? Um, may, maybe very, very slightly. I still have some challenges in following direct directions that like the teachers in my school give me once in a while. Mina, what would still, be an example? Probably maybe just following, like, what homework I have to do for the day or or maybe certain instructions or even just overall note-taking. I may miss something that, that he or she, which I'm referring to the teacher, said, and I may have trouble, uh, yeah, I may have trouble remembering, and I might come home just, Kind of panicking a little bit, but it's kind of it kind of helps because I have a little bit of an aide who's also helping another boy who is autistic, but that's in my classes, but but hasn't overcome it in any way like I have. But you do have someone that can give you a little nudge if you need it. That's perfect. Yeah. Awesome. So let's talk a little bit about when you were little. Do you remember when you were more autistic? Um. Yeah. It was kind of hard to get along with friends. I remember I would talk about the same thing in same conversation over and over, just just in it in kind of an annoying to some people rep- 
repetitive way. Okay. And that's all I talk about. And and it was something like Thomas the Tank Engine trains. That would be, <laughs> that was just kind of about in my age range because I would do that when I was like nine or nine or ten or something. Okay, so Matt, I have to ask you this question because I cannot tell you how many boys fall in love with Thomas the Tank Engine trains. Like it's amazing, and JJ the jet plane. But Thomas is the biggest. So what was it about Thomas? I don't know. I mean, I guess I just liked them so much, and once I, I basically kind of got hooked on them, if you know what I mean. I do know. You kind of got stuck, right? Yeah, just kind of. I just kind of got stuck. I didn't. I didn't want to leave them. I always liked playing with them. I just found it fun, like any other thing. People find fun. Thank you. Okay, so for you, it was just fun, and it was fun so much of the time that that's all you wanted to do. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah, like just all just all the time. How did you feel if someone took them away? Did that ever happen? Did you ever have a problem with that? Oh yeah, what. I remember um, my brother picked one picked one up when I didn't want him to, and and I remember I I got mad at him and I actually threw one at him, <laughs> and I and he told my mom about it of course, and then she took them away for like a week and for like one or two weeks, and I just felt since I I'd, I'd been so kind of. Like, that's all I play with. It was just, like, my only link, kind of link to fun was taken away, and I felt just totally lost for, like, the next one or two weeks. That's so interesting. I know that a lot of time kids that have autism have a problem with temper or crying or screaming. Did you ever have that kind of thing? Oh, all the time. I mean, I mean, I remember... I remember we'd play Mario Kart on the N64 when I was five. I remember, I remember once we, we had a babysitter and she, she beat me on one race in Mario Kart and I went out the front door, just stand out there and then yell basically with all my might, mom. <laughs> if you know what I mean? It's fun to think back because you're not like that at all now, Matt. Yeah, like so now. Yeah, talk about now. Yeah, like now, now if, like, I don't, I don't necessarily, I will play Mario Kart on my Wii once in a while, or FIFA, which is like, um, the video game that has professional soccer teams with my, like, all the professional soccer teams in the world in them with my brother, and, um, sometimes if he's, if he does score, like, an awesome goal and rubs it in my face, I'll be like, oh, that's a good goal. I'd be like, oh, why did I do that? Sort of thing. But but yeah, I don't I don't wig out when I lose in in video games or just just a, just any game in particular. That is awesome. So you you worked at home to help yourself to learn your skills, right, and to get more comfortable with people. Does that sound honest? Yeah. Okay. And so now this year is a special year for you. Because what are you doing that's new? Well, I'm in, I'm in I'm actually in school, so I have to follow the routine like my friends have, like getting getting up between six thirty and seven in the morning, getting homework that I finished the night before, and packing my bags, bringing all I need for my classes, 
to school and high school. And, okay. Yeah. So how do you feel about going to school? I mean, it's a it's a better social environment in a way. I mean, I still I still got a little bit of social time when I was homeschooled, like going going to youth group or being being at soccer. It's just yeah, I get bigger. to see my friends every day now. You but, like that? Yeah, but it's kind of it's kind of um homeschooling did have its advantages like. I haven't been exposed as some other kids have been to in their early years of school, like in terms in terms of like bad stuff. But yeah, that's true. And um, and it kind of had its advantage to give me time to be in the sunrise room. Or that's cool. So sunrise. Let me explain to people. Sunrise is one of the therapeutic approaches, and its idea is that you stay at home. Uh, with yeah. your family and friends in a room to really practice and, and get used to being with people and learning to talk and all kinds of cool stuff. Um, so that's what Matt's referring to. He was first sunrise, and then we added neurofeedback. So I have a question that brings up the question because we're almost out of time. You've been awesome, by the way, and so fun, Matt. Um, what do you think helped you the most in all your journey? And I know it's hard to pick one thing, but what do you think helped you the most in your whole journey as getting to where you are so capable of integrating in school and having friends and doing academics and just being a regular guy? Um, I mean, it, it, like you said, it is kind of hard to choose. Maybe just being in the sunrise and maybe just with, with parental help and narrow feedback equipment that you, that you provide. Well, that's and awesome. You could say say homeschooling helped a little bit too because it gave me time to be in the room and still catch up and still kind of be at grade level with my subjects. Perfect. Oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you said that. All right, Matt, here's your chance. You can say right now whatever you want to say that you think would help either parents or other autistic people or both. What would you like to share with the world? Well, yeah, my parents took me to a hospital when I was like three. They, where they officially diagnosed me with autism, and the professionals predicted all sorts of things that I wouldn't be able to have a normal life, like basically not being able to get a job, not being able to live on my own sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I'm basically on the road to, to to succeeding in life. And I agree. I think you're more than on the road because everything you described to me as your challenges in school – just sound like a 15-year-old's challenges. Yeah, and most of the friends I've actually made have been through the point that I haven't, like, shown really any signs of autism. Like, basically all the friends I've made in the last two or three years, uh, they, they, they don't even suspect to the nearest smidge that, that I've had autism. The only friends I actually do are the ones I've told. That's really cool. Are you comfortable looking in their eyes? Yeah, yeah. The eye contact has really come along, which has kind of enhanced my social skills in the last six years. That's great. All right, sweetie. Well, I have to talk to some other people, so I am going to say goodbye to you. Is there anything else you wanted to share, or is that it? I don't know. Maybe we can just tell all the parents that are tuning into this that autism is totally possible to overcome. So what should they do to do that? Well, 
maybe just provide the right help with their kids. Well, I think that's a great, great, great answer. Thank you so much for talking with me today, Matt. Okay. Say hello to Calgary for me. I will, Lynette. <laughs> All right. And keep on doing good work at school, okay? I will. All right. Bye-bye. Okay, bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. And that was Marvelous Matt. Uh, before I introduce you to my next guest, I just want to remind you that you are listening to a new spin on autism. Answers. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host, and we are talking today with the wonderful world of autism. We're talking to various people on the autism spectrum today and, and in a couple of weeks. And don't forget, hang in there with me. It's the great guest giveaway. I'm not going to give away the guest, but the guest will give away. Okay. <laughs> I'm in the mood today. Um, and after the great guest giveaway, we have stories from the road. And, of course, you want to hear that. So you got to hang in there. Um, all right. So next up on this lineup of lovely autism gentlemen is my friend's friend. This is Milo. Milo the Magnificent, let's call him that. Um, he was much, much more challenged when I met him than, than Matt was. Milo was very affected by his sensory um, to the point where he would often hurt himself a lot. And lots of times he made himself bleed and different things like that just because he needed to tap himself really hard, not because he wanted to hurt himself. But um, he is a, an interesting example of this disorder because he is bilingual, so he's very bright, at least in languages. But he's still, even in the fact that he has this ability to speak in French and English, he still talks in a strange and unusual way. So it's really, it's really neat to realize that you can't apply rules with autism and go, oh, first they have to learn this language. Um, no, 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 don't speak another language to them. They have to learn this. It's hard for them to talk. So you have to only speak this one language with them. It's common to make that choice. But in fact, uh, Milo taught himself his French by comparing it with English. You, when you're working with autism, when you're parenting autism, when you're embracing autism, you have to open up your mind and look for the answer. Look for what works. You can't just follow the rules because the rule book goes out the window when it comes to autism. So without talking any more about my wonderful friend. Hi, Nilo. How are you? I'm fine. So glad to hear you. So how is Paris? In Paris, it's very nice. Raining or what's it like? Sunny. Wonderful. So Nilo... Are you excited to talk to me? Yes. Are you ready for my important questions? Yes. Okay, here we go. First question, what do you want to do when I come to Paris? In Paris, going to the Tower Eiffel. Where to watch a movie. All right. What movie do you want to see? The Christina Aguilera. Ah, Christina, you want to see burlesque again? Yes. Right? Mon ami, you want to see burlesque again? Relax. All right, that's fantastic. Oh. Tell me something, Milo. 
Um, do you think, are you special? You're a special friend. Oh, that's a beautiful thing to say. You're my special friend, too. I love you very much. Milo, do you think that you're autistic? You're autistic. Who, me? You think Lynette's autistic or is Milo autistic? It's Milo. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Maybe Lynette a little bit. <laughs> you know what I think is special about you? Yes, I think about you. You think about me? What do you think? Lynette. Sitting with me in the museum. Ah, that's a great thing. We had so much fun at the museum. And what about swimming? Your swimming pool. Yeah, swimming too is good. How are you doing with your money? Have you been working? I've been working in the pot money. Ah, how are you making your money? Are you selling cookies? Are you, what are you doing? Cooking a cake. That's fantastic. And did you have enough money to go to McDonald's? Yes. Wonderful. So what do you want to tell me? Do you have anything special you want to tell me? Tell me this question. Tell me the feedback. Oh, do you need general feedback? Yes. And I'll tell. Okay. Okay. When I come in November... We will get um, some time, and we will do some neurofeedback in the hotel, and then we can go to a movie. Does that sound like fun? Yes. It's awesome. Good. Are you going to walk to the hotel for the neurofeedback by yourself? Yes. Good. I want to next visiting on the subway. All right. Where should we go? In the museum. Ah, so you want to take me on the subway to the museum. Okay. That's fun. I like that. But don't let me get lost, because remember, I don't speak French. Yes. Are you going to take good care of me? Yes. All right. That'll be good. Then I won't be worried, because I'll have you. Bye. Milo, Milo, can you say something in French to the people? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now that's I good advice. The feedback. All right. That is good advice. Bye. Bye, sweetie. I love you. Bye. I love you, Milo. You're an awesome guy. My wonderful friend, Milo. Okay, okay, okay. Now we get to my brand new portion of the show called The Great Guest Giveaway. I'm really excited about doing this because I want to bring to you, the parents, different things. But I can't get out there and try every single product. I can't check every single website. I can't do it. So I came up with this idea that I'll give little five-minute infomercial spots and just let people bring their products to you or their ideas to you or their companies to you. And it's your responsibility now to then go out, check out if it interests you, to check it out and try and get the giveaway, and uh, let me know if you like the product. Um, and if you do like it, you know, pass it around. Parents are always looking. So this is a great guest giveaway, and today we have Lauren Padrick. She's the mother of Lucas, and I believe that is the reason she's in this industry and here to talk to us today. So, Lauren, welcome. Thank you very much, Lynette. We're glad to be here today. Fantastic. So, okay, who's Lucas? 
Lucas is my youngest son. He's now 21, and he was diagnosed with autism when he was about two and a half to three years old. Um, as he was diagnosed, he was also extremely hyperactive. It was hard to test him, and we were told by the supposed experts that Lucas would probably never learn to speak, that we would have difficulty even helping him learn to communicate with any possible way, pictures, sign, et cetera. Um, now Lucas is 21. Lucas has used speech as his main form of communication since he was about seven years old. Uh, Lucas has learned so much more than we were ever told to expect him to learn. And we started about five years ago, we started Lucas Works, my husband and I, because we wanted to ensure that Lucas and people like Lucas have employment when they get out of school. So the, the motto of Lucas Works is we carry things that work for Lucas, but they also give Lucas works work because he helps to package the orders for shipping. He and people like him help assemble um, some of the products for us, and they've learned an awful lot of job skills doing it, and we've continued to learn and be thrilled by their progress. Oh, I totally love that. In fact, I'm making a movie right now where I put autistic people in the roles because they were so low-functioning, it was the only kind of job they could do. And it's really important to create a world for people to work in. This is awesome. Well, it is, you know, what life turns into after school. And we spend so much energy, we parents, working on those first 18 years. What happens after that? And I think that's where a lot of times a tragedy begins to strike. And these kids who have worked so hard throughout school sit, and they don't really get an opportunity to show what they've learned. So, okay, so what kind of products do you have? Well, we have safety products and we have ID products because those are both very important, especially as these children are younger. But then we also sell an amazing line of autism awareness jewelry that is all made by people with autism. And we have... Um, my personal favorite item, which when Lucas was small and they were trying to teach him how to dress for the weather, they would show him weather forecasts and thermometers, and honestly, the number 38 meant nothing to him when it came to whether to put on shorts or pants. So I invented a thermometer that instead of pointing to numbers, which didn't really mean much to him, it points to clothes to wear. And it really helped him, and it's helped an awful lot of other people with autism learn how to dress appropriate to the temperature. Oh, my gosh, that's brilliant. Well, honestly, it, we have heard stories of these kids, so many of them don't understand that you don't just wander off from home. And we've heard story after story about people who have done just that, and either they were not dressed appropriate to the temperature and tragedy struck when they couldn't be found before night fell, or they were dressed thanks to this thermometer, and there was not that danger looming over them, that they, they did in fact have that jacket on when the temperatures fell cooler. Oh, so my gosh, I want you to give this away. <laughs> I want you to give this okay. product away. Seriously. Well, we certainly love it, and we actually have three different versions of it. Believe it or not, people up in uh, Wisconsin, they wear shorts when it's 65 degrees. People in Florida have jackets on when it's 65 degrees. So we actually have three different versions of the thermometer, depending on where you live and what ranges of temperature you feel it's appropriate for your child to wear different types of clothing. That's awesome. And, and are you willing to give a few of these away? 
We would be happy to if, yeah, because the whole idea is to help people learn this skill of dressing appropriate to the temperatures outside. Okay, Lauren. Well, first of all, I love the fact that you've got, um, you're creating work for your son and work for other people with autism. So right off the bat, you get my vote on that one. Um, and this is a really hands-on, doable skill acquisition, help to generalize your understanding of, you know, the world and how you have to live within it kind of a gift, really, to be giving someone. So uh, how many and how do you want them to proceed? Well, um, we would be happy to give away, how about, how about five? How about five? Wow, months? that's great. Um, they can send an email to, uh, if they go to our website, which is www.lucasworks.org, and there's a Contact Us button, Contact Info at the top, and that will take them, they can email us, and if they put as the subject skills, that's what we're talking about is learning skills. So if they put that in there, and they can look at the thermometer on the website and decide what version they'd like, the northern, the southern, or the standard dial, and then just let us know where they want it sent, and we'll be happy to send one out to the first five people. That's fantastic. I gotta, I gotta tell you a really, really quick story. When my kids were young, my one autistic boy took my other autistic boy out in the middle of winter in Canada, no shoes, to play with him in the corner and got distracted and forgot him there. And so, <laughs> I really wish I would have had this then. So, um, it's a, it's a great idea. I really appreciate you coming on and uh, being willing to share this with our people, especially since today was Are You Normal Now? And if not, you might have some skills to gain and to learn, and LucasWorks will help you with that. Um, thank you so much, Lauren. Tell you, all of these thermometers, just so you know, they're all assembled by people with autism and special needs, every last one of them. That's beautiful. So, again, it's helping them learn assembly skills and that the product ends up helping others. And nobody argues with the needle on that thermometer either, which is a really nice benefit. <laughs> That's a really nice benefit. Yes, I agree. All right, Lauren, thank you so much for being with us. Thank you, Lynette. Have a good day. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. When I was uh, a mom, I'm still a mom, but when I was a mom of little children, I spent a lot of time watching my kids and thinking, I cherish who you are today. I want so badly to keep this little soul that I'm looking at in front of me exactly as it is, while at the same time wanting my child to be able to grow to the next day and the next and the next. I just have this silly fantasy that I have like a closet full of every day, you know, <laughs> one child that was like 365 days, just one year old. I mean, you need a very big house. So lots of closets. It was hard to let go of the child I had while knowing that I was going to love the child of tomorrow. And it was an interesting concept and one that comes up for me a lot um, with autism. You know, there's this big argument on the spectrum, off the spectrum, on the spectrum, off the spectrum, you know, can they be cured? Can, well, autism is, uh, you know, right now it's diagnosed by a behavioral checklist. So I don't know that you could say cured or not cured, but you can definitely come off the spectrum or graduate off it if you're capable enough in the first place, if you're high enough on the spectrum in the first place. Um, of course, that's not true of every case of autism. We have fragile X and RET still considered a, a spectrum disorder, and they have biological markers. So no matter how gifted that child might become, they 
would always be considered fragile extra red. So it's, you know, nothing about autism is straightforward. No answer is the answer. But what I can tell you is that wherever they are, you can cherish them, just like I used to feel when I'd look at my two-year-old and think, oh, two years old, you're so cute, and two years in one day, and two years in two days, and Matt and, and Milo are equally as marvelous and equally as lovable and should be cherished and respected for where they are, and that's the end of the story on that one. End of discussion. They are perfect, and they will continue to grow, and maybe, maybe come all the way off the spectrum. Okay. But if they do or if they don't, has nothing to do with their value as human beings. So here we are. I want to talk to you about stories from the road. Today's story follows that path. You know, we in, in, in television and on radio, we can only work with people usually that have language, especially, you know, on a podcast. And it being a big spectrum, there are lots of people that don't. So I thought my story should close on the wonderful um, journey of a friend of mine. So this is someone from Massachusetts, and I met her, and she was very challenged, couldn't stand, couldn't, uh, well, she could stand if she sort of pushed her hands on the walls and, and sort of kept herself in position, but she couldn't stand free of uh, holding on to anything. She couldn't talk, but she could make a lot of interesting sounds and could do them in rhythms and um, couldn't feed herself but could eat, uh, you know, was in a diaper and was an older girl. She was 23 years old. And here she was just sort of sitting. And I started playing a game and we started doing a song. And what I found is that she could really respond to music. That whenever I sang, it was as if she got an inner strength about her. And that if I sang and I made it about her, it had to be about her, and about what she might want, like to go sit at the table and eat. If I did that, I could almost use music, well, in fact, could use music to strengthen her legs and get her upright. So I made up a song, and I don't even remember what it was, but I'm sure it was something like, you know, Shelly can't stand when she looks in my eyes, looks in my eyes, looks in my eyes. It might have been more creative, but anyway, <laughs> I would have then had to add the motivator. So and when she stands, oh, what a surprise, she gets a banana. So here we are, <laughs> singing this silly song, and you know, it's not really going anywhere, except that she's lighting up with joy and seeming to love it. So I'm trying it anyway, and trying it anyway, and bringing the banana closer, bringing the table closer, bringing the table closer, singing it more. And before you know it, she reaches out and puts her hand on my arm. And I'm singing, and she's rising, and I'm singing, and she's rising. And she gets all the way up. And she kind of takes the pressure off my arms my arm away. She's standing, not holding on to anything. 23 years old. She takes a step and another half step before she reaches the table. Sits down. And that is as of much value as when Matt integrated into high school. Today, several years later, she can feed herself and she can change into a bathing suit on her own, to go swimming. She does it all 
According to song, she doesn't speak. She's very afflicted. She smiles a lot, and she is beautiful. I'm Lynette Louise, your story teacher host. Thank you for being here with me, because without you, I'd just be talking to myself. This is a new spin on autism. Answers. Next week, are you normal, too?